as well. And yeah, that's, so thank you, Nita. Cool. Um, yeah, so I just have a, a scripture that I um, just wanted to share. It's, in, it's from Psalm 116, verse 7. And it says, Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And um, yeah, I, I actually read it on the first day of holiday. And um, yeah, as I read it, I just realized uh, what an what a awesome or such an easy principle to follow, um, just to, to focus and be aware. And I felt like that was lots about what we spoke about last year, also um, yeah, just about the Lord's goodness. But as we meditate or focus or just um, think about how the Lord has been good to us, it takes our souls to return to a place of rest. And, um, yeah, I, I was just trying to think through this holiday, just to try and think a lot about the Lord's goodness. And I could feel how, obviously, if you put your thoughts and your mind on, on those things, it brings rest to your soul. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just, just an a, a encouraging verse and that I felt for us and, and for this year also. And especially if you are maybe in a time of distress or in a difficult time, to really just stop and think. Okay, but let's think of how the Lord has been good and feel and see how, how your soul returns to that place of a rest. The other verses, or the other um, translation where it says, For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you, it says, The Lord has been good to you, or He's is showered you with blessings. Um, yeah, so it's actually a verse, and it comes with an encouragement that we remember how the Lord has been good to us and feel how our souls return to a place of rest. Thank you. Thanks, Nita. So maybe, Chet, you can come to the front, but just as a practical, um, let's turn to one another and just share a, a bit about that, just where you've experienced God's goodness and yeah, let's just maybe for a minute or so just discuss that and uh, yeah, share share with one another in that whether it's in the year past or and if you're going through a difficult time share share that just let's yeah, we can turn to maybe two by two or what makes sense Awesome. I love how everyone just keeps sharing. That's, that's amazing. Um, I don't know if you're okay. And, I mean, sometimes we hear a lot of, and truth is obviously amazing and so necessary, but we can so be inundated by a lot of info that we forget just to take it and start living with it. And then in that process we miss so much of a richness of a gospel, um, and I think Debian might have mentioned the whole thing about head, hard hands. We don't just want info about God and the gospel. We want it to infiltrate our hearts and go to our hands. And sometimes it's about taking things a little bit slower so that we can receive all of that properly. So, yeah, I'm excited uh, with that too, to get that to share a bit for us. Thank you, Jock. I've been asked a few minutes ago if I have something. So I was praying in worship. Cool. But I don't have a time limit, so I might... 
preach it, brother. Can I have the organ at the back, please? Okay, cool. So the scripture I have in my heart is um, Acts chapter 1 from verse 6. So I'm just going to read it quickly. So when the apostles were with Jesus, that is after resurrection, it's Acts, it's a new beginning. Like we are here at a new beginning, a new part of a new year, aspirations. Jesus is alive. They are very, very excited for what is to come, but I think they missed the point of it. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Do you hear that? Our kingdom. So they, Jesus came at the beginning and he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So already Jesus, they were with Jesus the whole time. And Jesus kept talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And then they're like, oh, cool, it's our kingdom. So Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times. And they are not for you to know. So this really speaks to my heart at the beginning of the year. We have a lot of, I had a hectic holiday. <laughs> I don't even feel worthy standing here, but... Yo, a lot of aspirations for this year coming. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be amazing here. Yo, I'm going to do this, going to travel this, going to buy this, maybe this, maybe that. And I think all of us stand at the beginning with that. But is that God's kingdom or is it your kingdom? Are you asking God, is it time this year for my kingdom to come? Am I going to get married? Am I going to get travel? Am I going to do that? This is my dreams. And I think there's something that the Lord wants to say. is like, it's not for you to know. <laughs> Like, I mean, when we were in 2019, going into 2020, we were also like, woo And we all know what happened. None of our kingdoms came. <laughs> so, that's just the word of my heart. And then it's kind of like Jesus said, but your focus is completely wrong. Whether you get married or not, whether you travel or not, this is not the focus. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. Whether your kingdom comes or not, whether your desires comes or not, you, are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you being a witness? Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And after that, he was taken up with a cloud. Mic drop. Um, so yeah, that's just on my heart. I am very ambitious, and I have a lot of plans, and I've read books about, like, how can I structure my life, how can I structure the year ahead, because there's a lot of plans, a lot of struggles, a lot of things, and I just felt the Lord spoke to my heart, whose kingdom are you building? There might be good things that partake in my kingdom, but just refocus. Are you in the Spirit? Are you walking by the power of the Spirit? Are you being a witness? And that sometimes is just day by day. Like the word of God is a lamp unto your feet, not a spotlight for your path. So that's my word. Mm, thanks, Gert. Maybe just with that, maybe we can just close our eyes because I felt, yeah, that it's something that really we can all relate to. And yeah, just almost want to see, yeah. If, if there's things that tugged at your heart and you realized, okay, shucks, I'm actually, that is my kingdom that I'm seeking in a certain area of our lives. Maybe we can just take this time and just surrender or 
acknowledge that to God. And just while our eyes are closed, maybe if you can just, just for yourself and for God, just to raise your hand and acknowledge that's me. And just want us to pray and just surrender that to God if you, yeah, if you're at that place. So you can just, yeah, raise your hand and just as a, a gesture of saying, yes, God, that's, that's me. I, I, I want to seek your kingdom, but I still have these things in my heart that I realize is driving me and influencing the way I think about things. And yeah, Father, I thank you just, just as we come and acknowledge, and me too, Father, just that we are so blinded by our own ambitions and own kingdoms that we seek, God, that we just come and surrender that to you this morning, Father, Father those things father and yeah we thank you just for the desires that you have given us father and just that process of of leading us in the truth but we can just come and lay down our own ideas of how things should work in our own kingdoms in in jesus name amen maybe just let's talk a little bit about that just felt that maybe let's just pray through it first but just share a bit and not to yeah, maybe there's things um, that you feel you have ambitions and ambitions aren't bad, but just things that you, it's not that those things are always bad, but the thing is they can become main things, things that distract us from the most important things, which is, which is God, and that's where it becomes problematic, if those things are the things that, that leads us and tugs us, and Maybe just let's just share and talk about it, just in a coffee chat way. What are those things that that you're experiencing in your life that it's almost like you realize that it would be hard to give us up, and yeah, not to to to, to try and go too deep or over complicated, but yeah, let's just share if whatever tugged your. Okay. Don't want to break you guys up because it seems as if there's some really good conversations going on. And I find myself sometimes when, like Gerd said, that it just reminded me of this parable Jesus spoke about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And he said, two, in Luke 18, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, exhaustioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eye to heaven, but beat his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. It's so beautiful to see how Jesus actually says it's, it's okay to realize that we don't have everything together, that we're not perfect, that we're not continually seeking his kingdom with everything we have. I think the problem comes in is when we try to quiet that voice and think, no, I've, I've got this, I've got everything planned out and... Yeah, it's just very encouraging for me to think, you know, God actually wel- not only welcomes that, but he says that's the way to go. And just to be real with ourselves of what are we really seeking with that. Um, 
think of a verse that I just had on my heart this morning, um, just because it tied in nicely with what Gert also said before. Renz could join us. It's just um, the parable of uh, the vine, um, where Jesus said, I'm the true vine in John 15. And he said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of a word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And then in verse 6 it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And just as we are in a new year... Gert also alluded to it. Sometimes we need to just think, what is the things that we are embarking on, putting our energy in? Is this what's going to bear fruit for God's glory? There's a lot of things that can keep us busy, take a lot of energy, but it doesn't translate into fruit at the end of the day. And sometimes the things that bear fruit isn't the things that are celebrated by the world either. It's I mean, we have a lot of things to do. Some of us need to finish articles, write the exams. I mean, the list is on, and those things are great. But those are not always the, f- the only things that God is calling us to, to bear fruit in. So as you think of the year that's ahead, I want to encourage you just to, of, are you busy or focusing on fruit-bearing things? And that doesn't mean attending church or church activities translates into bearing fruit. It prepares you maybe to to bear fruit and to be more effective in bearing fruit, but bearing fruit is becoming Christ-like. It's becoming like Jesus. It's having the Holy Spirit work through you for his kingdom. So I just want to encourage you with that as Renska comes to, to share a bit for us. Um, yeah, I was debating a lot whether I should come and share, but I really felt the Lord laid on my heart. So over the holiday, I started reading this book called Swiss a Machtige Wind, like a mighty wind. I don't know if any of you know the book. Um, it's basically a guy named Mal Tari, and it was uh, during the time of revival in Indonesia. So it's a very, very simple book, nothing fancy, but it's incredible to see just how the Lord used them because they had such simple hearts. If the Word of God said something, then they believed it, and um, yeah, they saw it actively in their lives. And there was this one story which I really would like to share with you because it really encouraged my faith, um, and I trust the Lord that it will do the same to you. To you. So the story starts with um, they live on this island in Indonesia and there's not grapes on the, on the island to make um, wine for Nachmal, communion. There we go. And um, when, when the revival started, they experienced the Lord speaking or they just felt like they didn't want to use um, normal wine anymore for, for communion. 
And then I started to use tea with sugar in, um, and that kept on for a while. And then they experienced the Lord telling them that they, they should have a communion like the people had in the Bible, so with wine. Um, but they didn't have the grapes to make the wine. And so the Lord started turning water into wine for them to use in their communion services. So this guy, he was away on some other missionary journey, and he came back, and he heard of these things that the Lord were doing. But then um, he really, he didn't really believe it. So he, he went on missionary journeys, and if you read the book, it's like incredible things he saw of miracles the Lord did. But he was like, oh, no, this can't be true. Not water into wine. Come on. And um, he came back, and then they experienced that the Lord said to them, but um, they should, should again have communion. And also what, what should happen is Mal, this guy who doesn't really believe this thing, should be the one to, he should be a part of the service, and then he should be the one to fetch the water, because some of his thoughts were maybe they just throw something into the water and then it tastes like wine. Um, so he should be the one to fetch the water, to give the bucket, and the Lord even commanded him to, to put a, a cloth over the, over the bucket of water and hold it tight with his arms so that no one can throw anything in. There can't be any insects. Like it's, If something happens, it's the Lord. And after that, um, they were praying, but before they started praying, the, the cloth, or while they were praying, the cloth fell in, and he could really see it was water, like clear water. And then the cloth was still a little bit in the water. And after a, a while of praying, he saw that the cloth turned purple. And he's like, yo, what's happening now? And they continued um, with prayer. And then after that, they said, okay, it's ready now. We're going to take it to the, to the teacher. There we go. Um, we're going to take it to him now. But before we take it to him, we need to taste first. So... Um, there were three people who were tasting this wine. And the first was his um, brother-in-law. And he tasted and he had this smile on his face. And um, then Mal tasted and he's like, yes, like the Prusus water. Um, it really doesn't taste like wine. Um, and his sister tasted and she's like, yo. And then the brother said, because everyone was asking, how's it tasting? And the brother said, no, um, praise the Lord. He gave us good wine. And at this stage, Mal was having this internal battle. He's like, do I have sin in my life? Um, is there something wrong with my taste buds? Because when I'm tasting, I'm really tasting water. And um, before answering them, how is this tasting? He, he was like having this conversation with the Lord where uh, the Lord told him to, to tell them, praise the Lord, it's good wine. And he's like, Yo, I can't do that. It's lying. It's not tasting like good wine. It's tasting like water. And um, he you know, was obedient in the end. And then his sister said the same, praise the Lord, it's good wine. And they went to the, to the teacher and they all had the wine and the teacher. But now before this, Mel was really praying and he's like, Lord, this teacher is going to know we're lying. He's going to taste its water. And... Um, Please, Lord, like, turn it into wine before he tastes it. And then when the, the teacher tastes the wine, he's like, yo, this is really incredible wine. And the other people started tasting, and they're like, yo, it's really incredible wine. And Mal had another sip because he wasn't really believing what he was seeing. And when he had this other, uh, the next sip, it was really good wine. 
And afterwards, he spoke to his brother-in-law and his sister, and he told them, or asked them, how did it taste to you? Not, not the second time, because then it was good wine, but the first time, did it actually taste like good wine to you? And then they both replied with a similar response, and they said that, um, no, honestly, it tasted like water, but we believe more in God and in God's word than we believe in our own taste buds. We believe more in, in what God said and we want to testify of what God said rather than we want to test or testify of our unbelief. And in that moment, um, or not in that moment, like through that story, I really feel like the Lord um, laid it on my heart. Do I believe more in God than I believe in my own taste buds? Um, more in God than I believe in what I see around me and the circumstances around me? Um, yeah, and I really feel like it's such an encouragement to us as a church to, to go to God and to believe what he says. If he says you need to go over a river and that river is deep, then he will make you walk over that river. Like he's God, he can do that. Um, and I really just feel him calling us to a place of, of simple hearts, childlike faith. It doesn't make sense. There is no reason. There is no logic. It's just childlike faith in who God is. Um, so yes, that's really what was on my heart. But if I have some more time, <laughs> I would like to share one testimony from last year, just as an encouragement. Um, so I was speaking to my brother about a month or two ago, and he said, Renske, it's really nice to see that the Lord is working in your life, because when you were going to Cape Town, I was very scared that you were going to become some other corporate person, just caring about money and status and things like that. And I'm like, yo, the Lord has really been incredibly good this year. But what I want to share through that is how he has really used this church in my life um, a lot. So I just want to say thank you <laughs> for being willing to be instruments in his hand. And I remember at family camp last year, Debbie shared a lot about the topic of the body of Christ and how each of us are part of the body. And if you are here, like, year well, if you are arm, arm well, I don't know what arms do, <laughs> but play your part well. Like, ask the Lord to, to really grow you into being the best part of the body that you are. Um, because I can testify of how everyone in this church has really, the Lord has been incredibly good, and he has really used you guys as instruments. So please continue in that. Okay. Um, we can just close our eyes and just pray. Yes, Father. We want to come and thank you for who you are. And we want to come and thank you for what you've done. And Lord, today we just want to come before you and we pray for a revelation of who you are. We pray for more of who you are, Jesus. We pray that, that out of a place of knowing you deeply and intimately, um, yes, Lord, that that will flow into the rest of our lives. Lord God, we come and pray for a childlike faith to follow you. Lord, if you say left, we go left. 
We don't ask, what did the Lord mean by that? Or what does it mean? Or when should it happen? Lord, if you say go left, let's go left. Um, I really come and pray for that childlike faith. And um, yeah, Lord, may our lives be pleasing unto you this year. Lord, I pray for a hunger in our hearts for more of you. A hunger to know you more deeply and more intimately, Father, because in the end, that's what we want to do is we want to know you. Lord, may all of our lives, every single second of it, Father, be worship unto you this year. And may your kingdom come through us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Rinska. That was really encouraging. And yeah, so um, since you stayed till now, I have a bonus uh, speaker for you. <laughs> Not speaker, but brother Matthew um, has a really cool um, message on his heart. And yeah, just want to encourage you with that. And was, thanks for that testimony, Rinska. Just to, to you are part of a body. I think a big part of it is also giving, and sometimes we we feel insecure of what we have to give. But this, just being available, is the first step. And yeah, it's just been really great to hear a lot of testimonies about that. So, Matthew, if you can come and bless us. Sarah's also got a little testimony that she's going to share on behalf of us. I didn't plan to share this, um, so we'll see what comes out. And it's a bit vulnerable, but um, yeah, you guys are family, and I think we've been so intentional about sharing this with our biological families um, that I think, yeah, we want to bring you guys along on the journey as well. Um, can you hold that? So, from some of you guys know, but Matthew and I have we've been trying to fall pregnant for just over four years um, and been preparing for children for much longer than that. Um, and that's been a whole other journey and a chat for another time. But yeah, last, end of last year, I was sitting in a quiet time and just praying about it. And I just asked God, like, what are we preparing for? We've been pre- preparing for so long. What are we preparing for if nothing's coming? And I just felt like in my heart... Um, I felt him say it to me, like, but what about vulnerable children? And um, it, to me, was not an instruction in any way. It, it felt more like a, a question to me, like, if you want this, this is available, and there's life in this, and this is my will as well, so that's open for you. Um, and, so, and that was, like, a really beautiful way, I think, of speaking to me, because it, it's just... Yeah, it was just really a good, he knows us and he knows how to speak to us. And um, yeah, and so I went and shared it with Matthew and I said to him, look, I I felt like God has said this to me. Um, What do you think? And he had the biggest smile on his face, which is weird because (laughs) if you know Matthew, any major thing, like I, I tell him something and then... I don't expect a response because he takes, he's a processor and takes time. And, and so to see him smile, I was a little bit confused and I thought, okay, well, I, I don't know, this is not what I expected, but <laughs> I think this is going somewhere. But um, yeah, and so we, we just spoke about it and we prayed about it and um, we felt like God was saying, yes, this is something that he has for us. If we want it, again, it felt very, it just felt very like 
open, do you want this kind of thing? It's like, this is your choice. You can enjoy and take part in this part of my will, or you cannot. Um, and I think that's the exciting part for me, is that it's like there's so much waiting, there's so much that God has for us in various aspects of life, but he like invites us into it and says, like, there is going to be life in this. This is going to be something like of an adventure. It might be difficult, but... You are, we, I want you to take part in this if that's what you want. Um, and so we prayed about it a lot and spoke to a few people um, to see what their thoughts were and what they, um, yeah, what they felt like the Lord is saying. And we are in the process now of doing um, becoming safety parents, um, which basically means that you take in children for three months at a time. And um, yeah, so we are still busy with the paperwork. We're not, we're not there yet, but we're almost, almost there. Um, and it's a very exciting thing for us. And I think I've just been so grateful. There've been many things, but I've just been blown away by two things. Like the one thing was like, babies were like family. It was my is my biggest desire. It's, it's been huge for me. Like since I was a little girl, and um, I'm just to see like how God uses that to bring like something else um, and I still believe that we'll have biological children and the excitement is still there but I'm so excited for what he's going to do through us being able to take a baby in at a time or a toddler or whatever we don't quite know what it's going to look like but um, I'm really excited and at first I thought it was maybe like oh you've got to let go of other dreams and desires and that's not it like God is just saying there's so much out there for us, for all of us. Like, there's so much out there, and it's going to bring us joy in the end as well. I know it's going to be tough. We don't know what we're doing. So, moms, we're going to have your number one speed dial. <laughs> but um, I know that there's a lot of joy in that, and he's going to teach us a lot through that. And he's got, like, treasures that will open up for us in partaking in this, like, journey ahead. Um, and the other thing that I've just been so blown away by, and I keep saying to Matthew is, like, I thought, I'm not working at the moment. I've taken the last six months off. Um, and so, obviously, it's the adjustments that need to be made. And I just kept thinking, like, how are we going to afford this and all the rest? And I look in my, there's a room now that's the baby room or the child's room. And I look in the room and it's, like, full of stuff. And we haven't bought any of it. And it just bowls me over that, like, I've bought, like, toiletries for the baby basically and he's just provided and um yeah I've just been so like thankful and and I'm reminded I said to Matthew again this morning like it wasn't our plan and so he will provide like God provides his children and he's going to provide for them so I just wanted to share with you all that's what we're doing and where we're at um we appreciate prayer and we appreciate um any parenting advice at all times (laughs) but yeah Oh, that's lovely. The difference, the difference in um, so Sarah actually floated that idea past me a while ago, and I was like, "No ways! I don't think it's going to work." And then I didn't realize, but when she spoke again about it, that it was the same thing that she spoke about previously. But I don't know. I'm just a bit dwarf like that sometimes. But 
Really, the difference is actually God speaking. You know, you can read Scripture once and know that it's a good idea to look after vulnerable children or to help the poor or to do whatever. That's very obvious in Scripture. Um, but really, like, there are a thousand things to do. But the difference is, is God speaking to you. And that's just the beauty of our relationship with Him is that He speaks with us. And He shows us and He leads us in specific things. And, and to Renska's point on simple faith... Once he's spoken, you go, okay, Lord, cool. Sarah doesn't have a job. This is not happening. We don't have any of this stuff. But you just say yes to God, and he just, he just comes through. Um, so that's amazing. So the last thing that I'm just going to share, and then, we, I don't know, we can maybe end with a song or something, but I, I just say, I have on my heart a word about generosity. So somewhere last year, I thought it would be really cool to, to even preach on about generosity for a few weeks just to to look at that um but anyway then i forgot about that and then i read this scripture this week and then a couple of prompts along the way i thought okay this is on we should talk about this so i'm going to keep it very simple uh the scripture that i have there are no slides there's one scripture okay and it's in proverbs 11 verse 26 sorry 24 to 25 And it goes like this. I'm going to read it a few times so we can meditate on it. It says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. I'll read that again. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want or lack. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. And the God, God is really stirring on my heart with the scripture to trust him for an increase or a renewal, an overflow of a generous spirit in our congregation, a spirit of generosity towards one another. Um, and our, our congregation is generally very generous. Um, so this is not coming, um, this is not a backwards way of, of saying other things. I actually just really feel God wants to increase it, a spirit of generosity in our midst. And so I'm going to trust him for that. And the scripture that he's given me to stand on that is this one. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers lack. So on the one end, you've got someone who gives freely and looking in worldly terms or with your own understanding, the more you give, the less you should have. It's like on the one end, you've got one who gives freely. He's like a tank and he's got a tap that he keeps opening. As he has opportunity, he just gives. He opens the tap and you'd think, sure, this this tank's going to run out. But it's like the tank's getting fuller and fuller. And that's something uniquely God, that's something uniquely his kingdom it doesn't align with physics it doesn't align with the natural mind that's what god does there's one who just gives freely yet you never see that person running out on the other hand you've got someone who who has opportunity to give and even means to give but withholds it for whatever reason and in the end the person only suffers lack so we can withhold it for a number of reasons it can be um, you can even want to give, 
but you are doing all your sums and your calculations and you're like, I need to take care of myself. And you withhold it. Ironically, in the end, you almost lose what you tried to save in the first place. You start to suffer lack. This is what scripture is saying to us. Um, or you could be someone who's selfish or stingy or whatever. Um, so, generosity is something that God wants to give us. You can study it from all sorts of angles, but I feel he wants to renew the spirit. Sometimes we talk about things as being caught, not taught. I really think generosity is like that. We've got gen- you just watch someone who lives generously and you get it. And you see it. And you see that person not running out of things. Um, probably the earliest I saw this little story when I, was, when I went to boarding school. I got tuck from my parents. That's like a bit of fritos and some fizzes and a bit of game. Just like your sweets for after hours <clears throat> in the hostel. And um, so I had a tin of game. Uh, I don't know if anyone still drinks game these days. But then we used to, in the hostel we used to eat it as sherbet. You just pour it into your hand and then lick it off. Um, but I was, I don't know, I was in a hostel or a res or whatever. There's a lot of people asking for a lot of things all the time. It's just that kind of environment. You can't live in your room and, and be alone. Um, and it became like, a, I, was, I was a very stingy young boy as I started in hostel for some reason. It was like, people had to really extract game out of me if they wanted it. Like, and it became like a running joke in the hostel. Hey Murdoch, can we have some game? Because they knew I was going to say no. No, you can't have any. Um, so I became a bit of like a joke. And it's actually, it's horrible to be, be, someone jokes about how stingy you are. You know, it's like terrible. But then I had a roommate um, from Freiburg and his mom sent lots of biltong and things with him all the time. Um, and there was probably one of the earliest examples I can think of. People would come into the room, say, hey, Tati, can I have some biltong? Yeah. Cupboards open, the bags there, help yourself. And it just struck me out, this guy was just generous. He just, it wasn't like a, the question of what am I going to conserve? Am I going to have enough for myself? Am I going to be okay? It just wasn't part of the equation for him. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. And my parents are like that. And my in-laws are like that as well. There's just generosity that flows out. They give freely. As the opportunity comes, yes. As the opportunity comes, yes. And they never run out. Even if money's tight or whatever, they always give freely in a spirit of generosity. Um, and I've experienced that, and I've experienced the other side, where you have means and opportunity, uh, but not motive. Like sounds like a crime scene, but you have what you can give, um, but you don't give it. Either because you're stingy, like I was back in boarding school, or even if you want to, you're just worried about yourself. And I think it comes down to us being, often we're overly aware of our own constraints, more than God's willingness and readiness to provide. Like God, God delights in being generous to his children who are generous because then there's a river flowing. Then God can flow through like a river. And if you think of the generosity of God and the way he gives rain, he gives sunshine, he gives of his provision, he gives of his beauty in nature, sunrise, sunset, to everyone. He gives it almost indiscriminately. He doesn't First say, okay, you deserve some rain or you don't. He gives it, as Scripture says, to the godly and the ungodly. He just pours it out. Um, <clears throat> and so it's just an encouragement at the start of the year. As we've already shared, you might have set out to conquer certain things this year. You've got your giants and you, that you're going to conquer. You've got your things that you're going to go for. And it's great. But only let it never become selfish. Let it never be a selfish ambition or a selfish ambition. 
endeavor, may God really pour a spirit of generosity into us, that even as we go for those things, at the forefront is a generous spirit towards one another and others. Um, or maybe you've even come back off the back of last year feeling like really burnt out, uh, worn out, and you've started this year, okay, now I'm going to protect myself. Like I'm going I'm to build this boundary and I'm going to build that. And that's excellent. Building boundaries and all of that is wonderful. But I found myself sometimes in that place becoming, I turn inward on myself. I say, okay, how am I going to conserve what I have? But I really believe whether, whether you've come from that place or you've come out with a lot of goals for your own kingdom, like or whatever it is, or even God-given goals, let generosity be the spirit in our midst. Um, <clears throat> and I believe that as we do that, it's going to unlock new joy for many of us. The joy of giving, the joy of being generous. So I think I'm just going to pray for us now. Um, just going to take some time praying into this and yeah, just bring your heart before the Lord. Father, we believe you in your word when you say, There is one who gives freely, yet grows all the richer. There is one who withholds what he should give and only suffers lack. We believe you, Father, when you say that the one who brings blessing will be enriched and that the one who waters will himself be watered. And we thank you, Father, that taking at your word this morning, we can lay down our anxieties about provision, our anxieties about having enough. Whether that's in time, we know sometimes we hoard time, Father, or we mismanage it or whatever it is whether it's our talents or our treasures, our talents and our skills, or it's our treasures, our money and our possessions, Father, we see that you, you are a generous God. And you speak to us and you say that there is gener- being generous is life-giving. And we believe you when you do that, Father. And I just pray for all of us as we go out there, Father. I ask that you would renew in our congregation and just increase and enlarge in our congregation a spirit of generosity towards one another, Father, with our time, our talents, or our treasures, whatever it may be. We trust you to speak to us about that, Father. May you increase that generosity towards one another in our midst and to those we meet outside, Father, in friendships, in casual encounters, work, shops, whatever it is, Father. We thank you that you would build into us and deepen, enrich it, Father, the spirit of generosity in our midst. We ask you to do that, Father. We trust you for that by faith, that we may experience the life that comes from walking as you walked, Lord, being generous as you are so generous, being so kind as you are kind, Father. We believe you when you say it is truly more blessed to give than to receive. We believe you. We trust you. And so do it in our midst, Father, I pray. I ask you, do it in our midst, The word of the Lord also says that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. The footnotes say and um, toil adds nothing to it or, or toil doesn't increase it. And there is a place where we allow God to bless us and trust him to provide us. And all our usual means of, of obtaining provision just fizzle out because they don't make a difference either way, whether we work Eight hours or 18 hours will make no difference to the provision that God is going to give us. And we just thank you for that this year, Lord. And I pray for each 
person in our congregation who's trusting you for provision. Grant us that simple childlike faith, God, to be expectant of your provision. Those who water will themselves be watered. Those who bring blessing will be enriched, God. We can give freely and grow all the richer in time, in talents, in treasures, Father. Do that by your Spirit in our midst, Father. In Jesus' name alone. Amen. Amen. Should we, do you guys want to sing one more song? I don't know if you've got anything else there. Oh, I think let's sing one more song. And I just want to... It, it just fits in so nicely what Matthew brought down in terms of uh, uh, Renske spoke about faith. And practically sometimes we find ourselves like, yeah, that can sometimes sound spiritual, but just practical outflows for us in following Christ and seeking the kingdom is re- going to require generosity in some way or another. So I want to almost challenge you and think, just practically, where can you be generous? Whether it's with your time, your energy, money. It's a, it's a, the kingdom of heaven is not a kingdom of lack. It's a kingdom of abundance. And yeah, I want to almost challenge you to, to trust God in that. How can you become part of that almost host pipe that his abundance can just flow through to those around you? So yeah, with that... Um, Matthew is just going to lead us. We're going to stand as we just end off um, and worship.